0: Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. For those of you that are in the room, our friends joining us online, and those that will listen on the radio this week, we are so blessed to have the opportunity. I'm blessed to have the opportunity to share God's word with you. Today, really believing that this is not just another week, not just another Sunday. God's going to speak to us specifically in whatever season that you find yourself in. We've been in a series called Leader Shift for the last couple of weeks. And just a quick review, I want to share. First, in week one, we talked about Moses. And that effective leadership involves a shift from doing the work of leading to developing others to lead. And week two, we talked about David. And that good leaders are always looking downstream. And last week, week three, we talked about Elijah and Elisha and that effective leaders often learn from the past, but they always look to the future. And last week, Pastor Matt, he closed with 1 Peter chapter five and verse two. And we're gonna jump in there. We're actually gonna jump back to verse one in 1 Peter chapter five. I'm gonna read a couple of verses there in that text up to verse 11. So if you can go ahead and join me there. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. This is where Pastor Matt shared last week and closed his message. Be shepherds of God's flock, that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, and not lording over those who entrusted you, but being examples to the flock. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. And in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time and cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind because your enemy the devil prowls, goes around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. The last couple of weeks, we talked about Decisions or leader shifts that some leaders in God's word had taken or made, or where God shifted them in the things that He called them to do. And in these leaders' lives, we can look at the way that they lived and try to apply some of the principles to our own life. And the thing about this text. Is that God's plan for our life, it, it doesn't just include a call for effective leadership, which we've talked about, or, or good leadership. But ultimately, God wants us to lead well under his leadership. Like he's the, he is the leader that we're following after, right? He wants us to lead well under his leadership. And this passage of scripture, it's, it's not just calling for a particular type of leadership or a particular demographic of leader, except that we become God-led leaders, God-directed leaders, godly leaders. And here's the thing, we're not just talking about, when we're talking about leadership, and we're talking about leadership. We're not just referring to the leadership that's taking place at FCC that we've been working through for the last year that will eventually lead from Pastor Gary to Pastor Matt happening here. We're not just talking about appointed leadership. We're talking about leading well. And God's called all of us, regardless of our role, to lead well in Jesus' name. And we all wear different hats, right? Some of us are husbands or wives or brothers or sisters or moms or dads. And maybe you have different roles in your community, your different roles at your job, but your most important role, the most important hat that you will ever wear is the son or daughter of God. We're talking about leader shift, God trusting us with the things that he's called us to walk with and to lead well in that. Colossians three seventeen. whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the father through him. Just a couple of verses down from there, Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. You, we, are called to be leaders in our home. We're called to be leaders at our jobs. We're called to be leader, leaders in our friends groups. We're called to be leaders in our community, but not because of a title And not not because of stature and not because of accomplishments, but because we follow Jesus. We're called to be leaders because he is our leader. We follow him. And that's why Jesus said things like this. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like you love your neighbor as yourself. And there is no commandment greater than these. We're supposed to lead in loving God first and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your, your father in heaven. We're supposed to lead other people to Jesus. They should see the things that we're doing in our life and be pointed to him. John 13, 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We're supposed to lead the world by the love of God, that it should be tangibly expressed through our life in the way that we love other people. Luke 16.10 is a reminder of all of this, that whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. We are set apart by the way that we live. We are set apart by the way that we love. We are set apart by the way that we lead because we are set apart because of the Jesus that we follow. Our life is about stewardship and we can and we should learn from whoever we can and live and lead differently because of that because of who Jesus is in our life. And we see this in this first Peter text that we started this message with, and we're gonna break this down. But today, when we're talking about our big idea, we're gonna walk through these things, that godly leadership, God calling us to lead in a way where he's Lord of our life and we're following hard after him, godly leadership looks up for direction, back with gratitude, down with compassion, and forward forward. Godly leadership, number one, looks up for direction. Do we look up physically? Maybe. Psalm 121, beginning in verse one, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. But I think it's more about looking above our circumstance, looking up above to something bigger, something greater, someone greater, God. Here in 1 Peter 5, when talking about taking care of the flock under our care, it reiterates in verse 3 that these are people that God has entrusted us with. The things that we have, God has entrusted us, whether it be relationships or resources or gifts that God's given to us. And here's the thing, if God gives us something or he gives us someone to take care of, this is amazing, he trusts us to do what's needed. But the thing is, We don't know what's needed all the time. He does. He knows far better than we do. We need to look up to him for direction. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. And this is true when it comes to how you lead at your job or lead in some other kind of relationship that you're setting. It's how you lead your family, how you lead in your community, how you lead your neighbors. 1 Peter 5 addresses the need for all of us to walk in humility. We'll talk about that more in a couple of minutes. But we all need this because we need to recognize that even on our absolute best day, we still desperately need God to lead us. I know I do. And regardless of what I'm leading, or even if I do something well to understand this, some people sometimes will say something to me about, oh, like I enjoyed the message or whatever. I promise you, all the good stuff is God, and everything else I'll take credit for. Like the good stuff is the Lord. Why? Because it's from Him. God loves us, and the good things come from Him. Proverbs 16:9, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps, regardless of your position in life or situation in a particular struggle. Godly leadership looks up to the Lord for direction. Godly leadership, number two, looks back with gratitude. Again, not just talking about directionally. First Peter 5, 5 talks about elders and younger people submitting to elders. And at first glance, if you've been in the church for any amount of time, maybe when you look at this and you hear the word elder, you think about church leadership elders, and that is true. But the thing is, is that some Bible scholars also believe when we're talking about elders here that we're referring also to older people in the church community. When I was in the process of planting a church, and Pastor Matt shared this with me, same thing for him when he was planting his church in Chicago, that when I planted my church in Pennsylvania, there was this theme that was kind of running amongst especially younger church planners. and some of my friends that I love dearly in their church, they kind of adopted this saying, and uh, I always kind of had a hard time with it, and the saying was, this is not your grandmother's church. And maybe for some, it sounded kind of edgy, and maybe they were kind of trying to say, hey, we're going after younger people, we're trying to reach younger people that are far from God. And I think what they were actually trying to say is that, you know, this is, may not be a traditional church experience like you're used to, but I always had a problem with that statement that this is not your grandmother's church because my grandmother was the most full of faith person I've ever met. Like my grandmother loved Jesus so well. And the other day when we went to lunch, a couple staff members from our church here, we were going and somebody was talking about the six degrees of separation theory that talks about that typically there are five people connecting you to everybody else in the world. And when it came to Jesus, my grandmother didn't need five other people. She was a direct connection to God. So when I really needed God to do something, my grandmother, my grandfather was the preacher, but my grandmother was the one I would call. Another issue with the thought of not your grandmother's church is that without our grandmothers and grandfathers of the faith, we don't have a church. First Christian Church in Fort Myers was started in November of 1923. This November, that will be 99 years ago. And there is no, nobody in this room and nobody streaming online right now that was here worshiping God in November of 1923 at FCC. But because of them, we get to be here today. And I thank God for the elders and the older. Yeah. I thank God for the elders and the older, wiser generations that have become before us to build his church. There are people in this church that are in their 40s and 50s and 60s that have shared that for the last 30 or 40 or 50 years they've been here. There are people in our church that are in that age group that were babies when they first started attending this church. And we thank God for you and we look back with gratitude. Hebrews 13, seven says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And the thing is, is you guys know me and you hear me and you're getting to know me. But the thing is, you need to understand I'm not me without some fathers and mothers and grandmothers and grandfathers in the faith. I'm a product of Pastor Chris Detrouche. I'm a product of Pastor Cliff Ramsendar. I'm a product of Pastor Joe Straseri. I'm a product of Pastor Kim Tefebach and Pastor Skip Lewis. But I'm also a, a product of fathers and mothers and grandfathers and grandmothers in the faith, Brother Joe and Diane Dugan, who made me feel seen for the first time as a very lost suicidal teenager. And Pastor Rob and Michelle Murr, who have faithfully walked with me since I was a kid and still do. And Shannon Lewis, who invited me to a stage when I was 14 to sing and play music and speak. And I promise you, you would not have enjoyed me when I was 14 years old. But even the nights that I really, really messed up, I'll never forget this. I didn't share this in first service. Um, There's a song called Jesus Freak by DC Talk back in the day. Some of you may know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you can Google it. But in the song, it was this, this transition where they went from contemporary Christian music to kind of this harder rock sound. But in the middle of the song, they had a rap. And the lead singer of my band was supposed to be there to do the rap one night. And the night we were gonna do the song, and him and his girlfriend got in a fight, so he left. And I was determined that we were gonna do the song, and I was gonna do the rap. That was the first and last time I ever rapped, ever. <laughs> And I love hip-hop, but I was not made for that. But after that night, I said, I'm never gonna step on a stage ever again. And at the end of the night, even though he was lying, Shannon came up and said, you did a great job, see you next week. But because he invited me and made space for me, it gave me the opportunity to be able to step into the things God's called me to do. And I could list names for days, but especially the elders of faith in my own life that even in my mess invested in me, they pointed me to Jesus. And for some of you, you know, I may not have your hairstyle or love your clothes, and you probably don't like mine either, but you need to understand this. I want and need your faith. And we want and need your faith. And we, the body, need what you bring to the table. Proverbs 20, verse 29, the glory of young men is their strength, and the splendor of old men is their gray head. Gray because of time and experience and wisdom. And you know, old is relative, it's kind of a joke on our staff. Pastor Gary started this joke himself, but it's actually kind of true, that he said that whoever our seniors are 20 years older than him. So he said when he was 40, seniors were 20 years older than him. And he talks about how good Becky does with our seniors ministry. She does an incredible job. But now that Gary's in his 60s, he said that seniors are still 10 to 15 years older than him. So that's the thing. Old is relative, right? It's a sliding scale. If you get on Gary's scale, you'll never be old. It's good. You're good to go. But listen, if you consider yourself older at all, I want you to hear this. Don't just hear from me, hear it from us, the church. We need you. We are thankful for you. We don't just need you to warm up you. You help build the church, but we need you to help reach more people for Jesus. We need you to tell us your stories and keep talking about the goodness of God. Job's 12, 12 says, "'It's not wisdom found among the aged,' Does not long life bring understanding? My grandmother used to say this all the time about the Bible. She said, if God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. (laughs) To the elders in the faith among us, fathers and mothers, grandfathers and grandmothers in our faith, we want to hear your testimonies, but we need to hear your faith. We need you to invest in our lives and continue to lead us toward Jesus, regardless of how old you are You're not done. We look up for direction and back with gratitude. Godly leadership, number three, looks down with compassion. 1 Peter 5 reminds us that God gives grace. He is the grace giver. I don't know if you've come to kind of experience this in your own life. It's a lot easier to process grace when I need it than it is to give it to somebody that I have a hard time that may not deserve it. But that's the whole point of grace. We don't deserve it. God is the grace giver. And he doesn't just give it because we deserve it. He gives it because he's good. And Jesus reminds us in this. Matthew 25, verse 40, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So again, back to that concept where we talked about whatever we do, we do it as unto the Lord. Here, Jesus takes it a step further. He doesn't just say unto the Lord. You are doing it unto me. You are doing it for me. So when we serve and love those that are hurting, we are serving and loving Jesus. It's good to not live in captivity to our past, but it's also good to remember where God brought us from. None of us are better than anybody else. Romans three twenty three that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we can extend grace and forgiveness because God extended that to us. And we didn't just figure this thing out on our own. And some of you that may be in this room or joining us online, this whole faith thing may be new to you. And you're like, man, I don't know where to find a lot of stuff in the Bible. And I don't know how to process all this stuff. None of us did. It's a process, and God loves us. We didn't figure it out on our own. First John four nineteen. we love because he first loved us. He first loved us, and in our world and in our culture, and especially with social media, we can get caught up in this comparison game, and this is attributed to Theodore Roosevelt. The comparison is the thief of joy. The thing is about comparison, it's also a liar because we compare our life to someone else's highlight reel, which is just a, a facade. And the problem is with that is we set the bar on what's good based off of other people or what they haven't accomplished. So I can look over and say, I don't got all my mess together, but that guy, is he's messed up. Like, I'm not, I'm not where he is, right? But here's the thing. That guy's not the bar. Jesus is the bar. He's the one we look to. That's why scripture reminds us that our righteousness is this filthy rags. We can't do this on our own. We look up for direction back with gratitude because he first loved us. We too can love and look down with compassion. And last but certainly not least, godly leadership looks forward with hope and forward not just directionally, but to the future be beyond us. You know, 1 Peter 5 gives instruction to younger people and instruction to older people, both. Without the elders in our faith, we're not here today because we didn't have a yesterday. But without investing in children and teenagers and young adults and young families, we don't have a tomorrow. Psalm 8, 2, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength. Matthew eighteen three, and he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And sometimes older generations are frustrated by younger generations because they don't do things their way. But younger people are frustrated because they don't understand why older people value certain things. And sometimes we hold people accountable for things that they don't even know, that they don't even understand. And understand this, that not every child has God-loving parents or grandparents, and people come up in all different kinds of environments, and older saints have a need for patience and respect, but younger saints need more love and investment. You know, Connection Point Early Learning Center that Laura leads, our children's ministry that Alicia leads, our students that Justin leads, and young adults that Carrie and Tyler Mitchell and the Merediths invest in. They're not just incubators for time to pass. They are God-given mandates from heaven to steward, and we're responsible. We've got to be accountable to that. And future families will be with Jesus one day because some of you have held babies in the nursery or make crafts with toddlers or jump around with elementary school kids or play basketball with teenagers or grab a young adult and spend time investing in them. Let's make heaven crowded. The thing about this reminder from Peter here is this isn't an either or. We're not supposed to value older people above younger people or younger people above older people because every person matters to Jesus. And He loves us and He loves you. That's why it never bothers me when I hear a kid or a baby crying in the sanctuary. It never bothers me because all I hear is hope in our future. I hear life. Church looks different all around the world. And, you know, the truth is, in most cultures, Outside of America, church does not look quite like church does here. What I mean by that is they don't have large buildings with multiple rooms, with air conditioned, padded pews, and even bathrooms. In most cultures, children and adults actually worship together. And here's the thing I love the fact that we have age-specific messages and appropriate experiences for kids and teenagers to learn the word of God and process faith together. But the thing is, we also need to do this amongst ourselves. We need to grow. We need to invest. We need to listen. We need to learn from each other. We need to be thankful for both and steward both well. And I want to say this to any children, youth, young adults, or younger, younger people, or parents of such that you read this, 1 Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity. And I want to say this to our younger generations, especially parents and grandparents. You need to understand this. You can speak this into those that you've been entrusted with in your own family to say that you're not the church of tomorrow, but you're the church of today. And if you're waiting for your turn, you can trust God's timing. You can talk to some of the people with gray hair around you about God's timing. First Peter 5 reminds us that humility it makes such a big difference because when we humble ourselves, God will lift us up. Psalm 75 6 reminds us the promotion comes from the Lord. And younger people understand this, that you are loved, that we believe in you, that we need you. Because of the amazing thing that God is going to do in and through you, we can look forward with Life and leadership are about stewardship, and we're accountable for it. Talk about a leadership, the creator of the world. As Ephesians 2.10 says, he created us to do good things. He created all of us to do good things, and he entrusted us with our time and our talent and our resources and our relationships to be stewarded for his glory. And godly leadership looks up for direction, back with gratitude, down with compassion, and forward with hope. And our takeaway for today is if whatever one of these things that you're struggling with the most, ask the Lord to lead you and put work in on that thing. Whatever that thing is. If you're not seeking God for direction first, and yes, the order matters, that can change today. That can change right now. And if Jesus is not Savior and Lord of your life, he's ready when you are. And we'd love to have that conversation with you. And if you struggle to look back with gratitude, maybe because of painful moments back there or painful memories with people that are a part of your past or older than you, I encourage you to find somebody else that's older than you and maybe they weren't a part of your past, but they've had a past and they can still teach you something. If you struggle to extend grace to any particular person or, or a people group because of where they're at, let God correct your heart because there is no one too far gone for God to love or to use. And if you can't see any value in investing in young people, figure out a way to do it anyway. Because kids are amazing. And even if they're not your cup of tea, they don't know how to make a good cup of tea. You gotta teach them. Godly leadership looks up for direction, back with gratitude, down with compassion, and forward with hope. In our life, in our leadership, regardless of our role, not just in the church, but in life, period. It's about stewardship. And whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your love for us, your patience, your grace. We thank you so much for those that have come before us that we can be thankful for, those that have come before us that are right here that we can learn from. God, I pray for strength and grace to flow from all of our brothers and sisters that would consider themselves to be Older, to have something to share, to have something to teach. And God, for younger people, Lord God, to understand that they have something they bring to the table, but they also have much to learn. We have much to learn, God. All of us. Help us to humble ourselves and to walk in that humility in a way that's pleasing to you, Lord God. God, for our leadership to be effective, for our leadership to be good, God, but for it to be godly, God pleasing, God led. We can look up to you, Lord, for direction. We can look back with gratitude, down with compassion, and forward with hope. God, we thank you so much. that We can trust you with our needs, God. You've trusted all these things to us. Help us to be good stewards of those. We love you, and we thank you for today. In your word, in Jesus' name, amen. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.